Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. KXNO Moines. From the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Fifth-seeded Iowa State gets ready for their matchup tomorrow morning against Baylor, 11.30 tip time for ISU. Iowa State dropped its final three regular season games to finish 20-11 in the regular season, including 9-9 in the Big 12. Baylor won both games of the season series. Tonight, Iowa will find out its opponent in the Big Ten tournament as Northwestern faces Illinois. The Hawks guys, the number six seed in the Big Ten tournament dropped their final four games of the regular season. The Iowa Wild were back home last night. They pick up a 4-1 victory over San Antonio. The Wild are within three points of Chicago for the Central Division lead. An NFL free agency continues. Pro Bowl linebacker Anthony Barr returning to the Vikings. The Cleveland Browns acquiring Odell Beckham from the Giants. And Le'Veon Bell signs with the Jets. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We got busted. Uh-oh. We got busted. Well, we, in full disclosure, we say that we have to tape Cappy earlier. Yes. During the season, we'll get Cappy at 8.30 in the morning or 8.15 uh, during the off-season, sometimes morning, sometimes afternoon. But point being, um, as you know, I'm president of the Tyler Chatwood fan club mm-hmm. here in Central mm-hmm. Iowa. My guy got beat up last night, Trent. <laughs> I mean, not literally. Well, I was laughing at you yesterday when we recorded. <laughs> He sucks. You saw this coming is what you're saying, right? Uh, come on. Yeah. Um, I get it. Pitched an inning in the third, gave up four four runs, two of them earned, walked three, struck out one. Got a strikeout. He did have a strikeout, Trent, yes. He fooled somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways... We'll see. Are you, are you ready? Are you, yeah, is that the maybe, hill you're going to die no, on right it's there? No, I'm not dying Ty- on the Tyler, Tyler Chatwood. Chatwood Hill. No, trust me, that is not going to be the case. Um, Cubs going to win the division. Poof. You had to make a pick right now. Well, I want them to win the division. It's better for our show. Well, and the Cardinals would be good, too. Yeah, because they, of course they play here. Yes. I don't like the broadcast, though, and I've said this before. I've um, said the same. Yeah, now we got it. Now we don't have to. We're, no. we're not required to say nice no. things. That's one of the things we love about working here. We um, get to give our real opinions. Mm-hmm. Are the Cubs going to win? I like that Brewers team. I do too. And they have, now the odds are incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. I think it's like. Well, it was one game was a playoff, right. an extra game last year. Game 163. I was looking last night. The Cubs, where I was looking, was plus 220. Uh huh. The Cardinals were plus 230. And the Brewers are plus 250. I still like the Brewers. Uh-huh. It's going to be a hell of a race. Oh, Cincinnati's going to so be better. Yeah. Look, we both love baseball. We're both baseball fans. You know, it, baseball's kind of difficult to do a couple hours a day on it, certainly. Mm-hmm. But um, you and I are baseball fans, and the Cubs move the needle here. They really do. Well, and baseball in sports talk radio, it's, it is one of my favorite things to talk about. 
but it's something that you have to watch the games. Yes. You can't just do highlights for baseball. No, 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 no. You have to really dive in. And the day-to-day minutiae, decisions on lineups, Mm -hmm. pitchers, bullpen, you can get all into all those things. And I think it's compelling to talk about, especially during May, June, and July when we're looking for something, but you can't. You can't half-ass baseball. No, I don't you, think you, you can. If you want to talk baseball, you have to dive into it. And here's where I'm fortunate. The guy I work with watches games. Now, mostly it's twins. That's but okay. I, By the way, the, uh, yeah, you know what? They are on the airwaves here in Des Moines. They are. They are. No more Yankton for me. That's no where I normally... So they took our... Not our idea. We, we it lobbied... Was our, it was our idea. We lobbied big time to get that done last year. Yes. And we walk out the door and they got it done. So good. If you're a Twins fan, there yes. is Twins radio coverage. Uh, you'll find it up the dial. Yes. yes. Simple as that. Absolutely. And hats off to them for doing that. Good yes. for them. Yes. We both Absolutely. have a, we both like a lot of people over there yep. and we're very uh, grateful for the time we spent uh, over there doing just that. Hey, Dan Dockage has this game. I just saw him. Sean McDonough and Dan Dockage doing the ACC, at least as part of it. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before. I like this guy a lot. I know he's not popular for whatever reason. Maybe he does too many Big Ten t- games. Yeah. Uh, I like Dockage. Now, I've never, I've never listened to his talk show. I guess got a talk show in Columbus, mm-hmm. right? Is that where he lives? I think yeah. it is. No, no, Indianapolis. Is is it Indianapolis? Yes. Okay, um, so I learned something there. But uh, so I'm, I don't know in that part about his uh, career. But what I do know is, as many games as I've listened to him do the game, I think he's good, Trent. I think he, he's good. He is frustrating though when he's calling one of your team's games and you don't have a team. No, so, I don't. I I'm with you. I enjoy Dockage. I enjoy. The way that he can break games down, he can do it different. The thing that I always get annoyed by is when he makes it about himself and and when he continually makes it about himself time in and time out. And as his career has progressed at ESPN, it seems like there's more and more of that. Because in the beginning, this guy's different. He sounds different. Mm -hmm. He brings up points that most color commentators don't. I like that about him. But I don't want to say he's a, a caricature of himself. But he's heading down that path. Would you rather hear him or Billis? Oh, Billis for sure. So who are your guys? Color guys. Are you a Frischilla guy? Yeah, he's good. Okay. Big 12, yep. sign me up. Give yep. me Big Monday, give me Fran. I'm happy with that. Working with who? Whoever. Doesn't matter? I wish it was still Musburger personally. but Yeah, that's not happening. That, uh, we know, is too far down the road. Um, it's a good question. You know, I any more... Because of this stupid phone, I'm on Twitter as I'm watching things, and I don't, I don't get involved with the broadcast mm-hmm. nearly as much as I once did. Do you like Steve Bardo, Big Ten Network? Yeah, so I'm the same way. He's meltos. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Not excited. I'm not disappointed. Just right. Okay, he's doing the game. I like Rebson. I think Rebson does a good job on BTN. Play by play. Yes. Play by play. Yep. yep. Uh, of course, uh, what's our, buddy, our guy's name from Omaha? Uh, Kevin um, Kugler. Kugler, yeah. Excellent. Terrific. Uh, Corey Probus, pretty good, who's the Twins radio broadcaster, also does mostly gopher games, is okay. where you see him on BTN. Uh, I like him. Of course, Brian Anderson, we, when terrific. we get to see him, he's unbelievably good. There's a lot of good play-by-play broadcasters. And we'll hear a bunch of them this weekend, will yeah. we not? Unbelievable. And Cappy, as we found out, at the A-10. This week, yeah, yeah. No, this weekend. Um who else? There's one that are, there's one there's one big name we're Raffery. What did you think of Dickie V last night? Yeah, Dickie V's look. I'm not going to criticize Dickie V for what he's done for the sport. You know, he's coming to the end of his career, right? Yeah, he's coming to the end. Um, he's still 
He's Dickie V. Yeah. He's an ambassador as much as he is a color commentator. Is it a little too much when he's talking 90% of the game about not what's happening in front of him? <laughs> yes. Yes. That, right. That's too much. But he's trying to build up the sport as a whole. And, the, and he's done a wonderful job yes. of doing that. And the fans love him. You know, the student sections, and he goes out of his way. He has taken this social media thing like few others. I yeah, mean, he right. really has. Uh, all the, whether he's at restaurant, fans are coming up to him. He doesn't mind. In fact, he's, he's an ambassador for the sport. And you can't kill him for that. And a sport that certainly needs it. Well, it certainly did when he was building his brand. Yeah. Look, basketball's been very college basketball's been very good to Dick Vitale. <laughs> right. But it goes both ways in this case, I yeah. think. Now, we didn't have a chance to dig into yesterday the sports adjacent it's one of the most incredible stories Trent that I think that um when it happened, I didn't understand it. I, I thought it was we, the same thing because we I were thought it was on a, the air. Yes, I thought it was a basketball scandal. And, and it, that's when you're doing live radio. Mm-hmm. Things happen, but you it's difficult to get mm-hmm. the kind of full depth and breadth of, of what you're reading or going through or just looking at Twitter, whatever it may be. And so, we had Rob Doster as it was really yeah. breaking, and that's what I said to him. I thought it was a basketball scandal. Well, and, and Randy Peterson was in here getting ready for Cyclone Insider mm-hmm. uh, last night, and he said, I was almost late because I was just compelled. I'm like, watching the press conference. And I didn't really understand how this could be compelling until we got off the air uh-huh. and I started reading. Right. How interesting is this? And, and here's the here's the big question, the million dollar question, Trent. How widespread is it? I think this is tip of the iceberg. I really and truly do. And it involved college athletics, but a complete. These are athletes that can't play the sport, right? <laughs> the NCAA's got the got the athletes that can play the sport, and they're trying to prevent them from their parents getting a hotel room or housing or money to help them out, whatever. This is the complete opposite. These people are getting into school because of a sport they can't play, and in some cases have never played. And I think when you said uh, before we came on today, you said. It's got to be the tip of the iceberg, it right? It is the tip of the iceberg. Because like, this can't be just one guy figured this out, right? That's what you said to me, and, and I hadn't thought of it that way. But this has got to dive a lot deeper. I mean, this is who the FBI got. Mm-hmm. There's more to it, sure. But boy, uh, th- there could be a lot more that comes out of this. My takeaway, now if I had the money, you want to get your kid in. The USC one, all right, private school, LA, fine. Yeah, But Stanford, Stanford to me... I mean, it's the Ivy League of the West. Plus, you're not mm-hmm. living in the Northeast. You get to send your kid to, mm-hmm. you know, the pretty, Bay Area. Pretty spectacular. And at 110000 I thought that was a steal. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the money and you can get your kid into Stanford and hopefully, maybe if they're a knucklehead, get them on the right path at Stanford, 110000 Now, it's money that I'll never see. True, but it's illegal, Trent. <laughs> That's the other there's component. That, there's that part of it, right? But, who does this really hurt? Well, it does hurt the kids that do get left out. And I know that they've got other options. But if if you grew up, and we'll use your example, if you grew up and you, for the, your lifetime, you worked your tail off because you couldn't wait to become a, you couldn't wait to have that diploma from Stanford. You wanted to be a cardinal. You wanted to be a tree. You wanted to go there. And some parent um, is willing to write that check to, and take a spot from you. And we never, we'll never know that, well, my kid got in there because, and at the expense of you. Yeah. The, you There's were, a whole bunch of yous. You were number, they let 2,000 kids in a year. You were 2001 right. and we sadly will, you're out. We will never know But that. that's the part of the story that I, that, um, I think is going to get legs. And the other part of it is, is, is there's, it's how much, how widespread is it? And this is an NCAA. The NCAA shouldn't be policing this, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Even though there is athletic 
direct or associate athletic departments or directors and coaches, but these are the non-revenue sports and they fly under the radar until this. And who tipped this whole thing off? Right? How did this how did this see the light of day? That's what I want to know. How did it see the light of day? It's going to be a huge, huge story before it's all said and done. Why is the FBI getting involved in colleges a lot more now? From the college basketball scandal to this. Is there something deeper happening here? Or is it just they happen to hit kind of well, at the same time? Well, I think the answer is just maybe because of the money involved in it. That's probably a good point. we got to take a break. Uh, we will take a timeout. Come back with Wade Looking Bill. Doc Fuller puts you and you and his broadcast team on that list of you and Doc did some high school basketball. Oh yes, over yes, the years. right up there, absolutely Top in the conversation. The uh, Wade Looking Bill's next in the conversation. It's Miller and Condon still to come. We'll go live to Kansas City. Alex Halstead watched practice, was in the locker room, listened to the press conferences. They're just wrapping up, and he'll join us in twenty minutes. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You there. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead live from Kansas City in 15 minutes or so. He just must have left the Baylor locker room. All the media must have been in there because all the Iowa State media that I follow tweeted the same thing. Mason is going to play. They spoke with Mason. Ooh. He says he's playing tomorrow. Well, Makes it a little more difficult. Yeah, but you know what? Um, and look, he's a nice player. Yeah. And, he, and he's was, uh, done very well. I think the first game, the game in Waco, he had 20-something, didn't he? I'm pretty That's sure he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, looking, Bill, let's talk some Iowa, shall we? We don't know who they're going to play. We'll watch Illinois and Northwestern. The winner will get the Hawkeyes tomorrow night, the late game, uh, at 8.30. I believe Big Ten Network has the TV. But if you can't be in front of your TV, the radio, down the dial from us, 10.40 WHO, uh, pregame at 7.30, tip scheduled for 8.30. Hello, Wade, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Really good, really good. Boy, you guys got nothing to talk about. Slow, <laughs> slow day in sports, right? Nothing w- happened. I wish we could bottle some of this and maybe the last week in yeah. June or... Yeah, spread it out, yeah. Third week in July. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. Hopefully the, hopefully the snow will be gone by next week and... We can all move on. No, absolutely. So as a player, Wade, I mean, it's, it's I'm go back to your time, and I know it's getting further and further in the rearview mirror, but still, um, when when it comes to NCAA tournament time and you guys are getting close to hearing your name called, um, what's it like at this time of year as, as a uh, Division One basketball player? It's it's terrific. So we made the tournament three out of my four years, and again, I, I am old, so we never had the Big Ten tournament, but you still get that feeling, and, and you know – by March 1st, whether you're in or not. We were we were bad one year, but I think one year we were fourth. Two years we were fourth seed. One year we were uh, seven, I think. So we always knew we were going to get in. It's great. I mean, you are just trying to get better. You know you're not going to win the conference championship. Um, but things are different now with the Big Ten tournament. I just think Iowa has got to win a couple games. They, they, they need to get some positive momentum back. 
They do. It's it felt like they had it against Nebraska and it falls apart. Mm. When you lose a lead like that, when you for all intents and purposes, when you blow a game, what does that do to a psyche of a college basketball team? You know, it's funny though, when you look at the numbers, I don't know if they actually blew the game. I mean Nebraska scored what, sixteen points in fifty seconds, but yeah. Iowa was Gardner. seven of eight from the line. I mean, they Nebraska just hit shots. Yeah. I, I just think it came down to you know Tyler Cook's got to make a play late in that game. You know, somebody's got to, Connor McCaffrey's got to make that second free throw to force Nebraska mm. to try to shoot a three and, instead of having James Palmer just drive right around our guys. You know, it, it, it's just something where they won three games like that that were miracle finishes, and now they've lost a couple like that that have come back to bite them. Um, you know, with that shot clock, you've got to keep firing it. That 30 seconds goes by quick. Whereas, like, when I played, teams had to foul you because 45 seconds was too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they actually blew the game or just Nebraska made crazy plays, which Iowa has done in the past this year. Yeah, I'm with you, Wade. It was it was hard for me to, to really be critical. Uh, maybe the fact that the team that Tim Miles was forced to have on the floor that was making all those shots. But, you know, it was the, it was the two guys that really belonged on the floor, right? It was Palmer, as you mentioned, and it was Watson. And an excellent point on Connor McCaffrey's missed free throw. I forgot all about that, and that has to be a part of the conversation. It changed yeah. the outcome of the game. There's no doubt about that. Having said that, the way they're going into March or finish up the, the conference season losing Five of their final six games, the win-win coming over an Indiana team, who I think is playing very, really well right now. Um, so, what? How, how do you snap out of this? Is this? Uh, well, I mean, you just leave this behind you. This is a new season. Let's start anew. I, I think so. I think so. You know, a couple things. They, they finished sixth in the Big Ten, which is pretty good, especially where they were at last year. They have a couple quality wins against marquee teams. Mm-hmm. A couple games they probably. You know, could have won, but there's not much talent difference between Iowa and Rutgers or Iowa and Illinois. There, there isn't really even between Michigan State and those teams. There isn't that much talent difference. So anybody can win any night. But I think for a 20 year old kid, it is easy to kind of flush these last four games down the toilet and come out tomorrow night just ready to go. Now, Iowa has not fared well, and that's putting it mildly in the Big Ten tournament. I think they have to beat, assuming it's Illinois, they have to beat Illinois. They're, they're going to get in, even if they get beat. They're still going to be, you know, now it might be a play-in game. I don't think so, but they'll be like a 10 seed. But if if they can get Illinois, and I forget who's on, who's on the other side of the bracket. Michigan. Who they would face. They would Michigan? Yep. You know, not a horrible matchup. Beat them once. Yep. At least get one win. They play well against Michigan. Even if you get beat, I think that gives them some momentum go back home, watch the show on Sunday, and get ready to play. I, I, I think for a young kid, that's easy to do. It's not a huge sample size, what we saw this year, Wade, uh, with the 20-game Big Ten schedule, but it's a grind. You know the grind of a conference schedule. It, it doesn't matter the conference, but when you up it to 20 games and then you couple it with the physicality of the Big Ten, a year into it, you like the 20 games or is it maybe too much? You know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's fair. I mean, I think it's one of those things, and it comes back to the Big Ten Network. If you want their mm-hmm. $40 million or whatever they get per year, you're going to play 20 games. Yep. And Jordan Bohannon even said it to me. I've never heard of a player say that, that I'm tired. My, my, my legs are tired. And you feel that way sometimes as a player, but especially like, like Jordan, who did 
you know, they're physical with him every game, and, and that, that wears on you. That can catch up to you. I actually like it. I, I think it's the most equi- equitable way to, to, to play in the conference, you know, just to, just to kind of play everybody twice, pretty close anyway. Yep. But it is a grind. That's, that's a lot of games against really good physical teams. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I certainly don't want him to go back. More, more is better for me, but I, I do understand the grind. Uh, Wade Looking, Bill, former Hawkeyes joining us. Wade, let me ask you about Tyler Cook. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think his future is? Because we all thought it was a given that, you know, he's coming back for this year. He found out what he needs to work on. He's, he's going to spend the, you know, last summer doing that. He's going to be prepared for this year. And then he's, you know, going to bid farewell. Um, I don't know if this season, if he's certainly had his games. Don't get me wrong, but do you think Tyler Cook's ready to leave Iowa and and go pro? Yeah, you know he's he, he sure didn't show these last two games. He gets he gets shut out at Wisconsin yep. against you know a, a, a player in Ethan Happ who's a really good test for him, mm-hmm. and then he scores nine points against Nebraska, and that's in an overtime game. Um, Missed a bunch of free throws. Where he's, yeah, you know he's had some fences where he's been really good. I saw some draft board had him, you know, late second round. I really hope he comes back. You know, I think it's something where if I'm Tyler Cook, you know, you're never going to be a point forward, three-point shooter, pick-and-pop guy, but he could come back next year and lead the Big Ten in rebounding. And that's something. When you can do that, that shows NBA people that, hey, I can do the dirty work. I can do the little things. He's not going to be a guy that leads the break in the NBA um, but if you're a guy that can rebound, play defense, you can play 12 years in the league, and that's a pretty good career. That being said, I don't think he's coming back. I was surprised he came back last year, mm. to be honest with you. you know, I, I don't think he's going to have a year next year where he can go from the 40th pick in the draft to the 18th pick in the draft. And that being said, he might as well go make a little money for another year. I, I hope he comes back because I think this team could you know, be something really special and he can work on some things and – shooting as one, but um, it'd be a tough choice for him to come back. Wade, NCAA tournament, it can be a whole lot of different ways that you can play. I mean, Duke and Kentucky in the round of 32, I was seeing that before. And it can also be opening up at 1130 in Albany, New York, Richmond, Virginia, in front of hundreds of people, <laughs> and you got to kind of create your own excitement. Explain the environment if you can. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Look, looking back, you know, I was fortunate enough to play six games in the in the in the NCAA tournament. We always won our first game, always won our second game, and it's it's really neat. I mean, it's just something where you're in unique arenas. There's the the crowds. You're right there. They're very neutral. You know, each team has say a thousand fans. There is that. Everybody's really neutral, so there's not really this this home court feel. But it's just something where, as as a player, you know. You better play and play as hard as you can because, you know, you're going to be home if you get beat in about 24 hours. Because I, I remember we got beat my senior year at, at Vanderbilt. We lost Wake Forest. We, we were home six hours later. Mm. You shower, get on the plane, and you're gone. It, is, it, it just ends in the blink of an eye. And I think it's just great motivation for kids that if you want that extra loose ball or that extra rebound, go get it because somebody else will try to do it if – if you don't, and it, it it will be over so quick. 
Hmm. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Clayton Corver, 2008. Maybe this has been said before. I'd never heard it said before. He was just looking forward to walking on that blue carpet because of all the, all the <laughs> venues. If you know you're in the NCAA tournament when they roll out the blue carpets, I guess that the players, when they walk out of the locker room yeah. to get to the court, did you, what, did you guys have the blue carpet when you were in it? Cause he couldn't wait to stand might have on it. Red. I, I, that's a good point. I, ours might have been red or I think probably just, you know, had, had plastic paper back when I was playing, but it is really a unique thing. And then once you win that first game, then you have that. So, so when you go down there, you have an, an an open practice where everybody comes. You don't really do anything. And then we always found like a kind of a side gym where we had like our own little practice. And then once you win that game, then you have the kind of same thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Then, then I think the next game you have a close practice where no one comes, and that's when you really put in a scouting report within 24 hours, and you, and you turn around and, and, and you go again, and it is just an amazing environment. Really cool thing to experience. Mm. Way looking, Bill. Uh, who do you like tomorrow? Who would you, as a Hawk, as a former Hawkeye player, and now following the team as you do, would you rather play Illinois or Northwestern? I'd rather play Northwestern. I think Illinois is really good. They, they can guard you. Freshmen that are, ta- that, that are talented. Um, you know, I, I think with Northwestern, they got to make 10 threes probably, yeah. but... Yeah. Who knows? I mean, both those teams are pretty good. I, I really like Derek Pardon, you know, and mm-hmm. who's the other guy from Northwestern, the senior Law. player, the wing guy. Yep, yep. Um, but, you know, I'd rather play Northwestern. I think they're going to get Illinois, and they just got to come out and play like they did a month ago, and they'll be fine. Good stuff, Wade. We'll have brackets in front of us when we talk to you next week. Thank you, Wade. Appreciate what you Call do for us. Anytime. I appreciate it. Take care. Wade Looking, Bill. Joining us as we talk a little Hawkeye. Cyclones next. Mark Ingram. Well, remember, we go back to the first segment of the show. Yeah. Boy, the Browns, they've really separated themselves, right? Everybody's losing all these. Right. The, the Baltimore Ravens have now signed Mark Ingram and Earl Thomas. It's a pretty good one, too. Not bad. We wondered why Latavius Murray was now part of a three-headed monster in New Orleans. Mark Ingram leaves New Orleans, goes to Baltimore. Earl Thomas is a Raven as well. So oh, that I love depth this of week. the backfield still pretty good. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, not bad. I like Latavius Murray, Trent. I, he was good for I'm the with Vikings you. last year. Both years. Yeah, yeah. And Dalvin Cook got hurt, too. I thought he yes. was good. We'll take a time out. We're going to talk to Alex Halstead. He's live in Kansas City. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final segment. Alex Halstead going to get take a few minutes out of his busy morning. He's at the Sprint Center. Watched Iowa State practice. Baylor, he's talked to both teams. Makai Mason is apparently going to play. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know you guys just had an opportunity to talk to some of the Baylor players, and Mason says he's going to give it a go. How are you, Alex? I'm doing good, yeah. I'm here under the, I think you call it the underbelly of the Sprint Center. Uh, Oklahoma State out there doing their shoot-around. They play tonight, obviously, but did get to see Iowa State practice, saw Baylor out on the court a little bit, and uh, then afterwards they go over and ask Mackay Mason. It, um, did not play Saturday against Kansas. Obviously, he had a boot on his foot then. He's been dealing with a toe injury for quite a while, uh, but he said pretty flatly, it was just a one-word answer, yes, he's going to play tomorrow against Iowa State, which I think Iowa State fans would tell you they, they figured it was coming. Uh, seems like all these guys have made their returns against Iowa State, and I think Baylor probably held him out Saturday mm-hmm. so that he could play here in the Big, to- Big 12 tournament. So it is still kind of a wait and see on that side, how good he's going to be able to go and just how strong he is in that one. During these shoot-arounds at the conference tournament, 
I've been to him before at the NCAA tournament and turns into just kind of a, a dunk line and screwing around and firing up half quarters. What did you see out of the Iowa State practice today? Something similar, or were they really working on things? It's pretty similar. It didn't get quite like the NCAA tournament. The, the tournament, the NCAA tournament seems to even be to another level because they let fans, fans and then yeah. it's kind of putting on a show for the fans. Um, this one, they, they you know separated into the sides of the court, and you know the bigs worked on forward drills, and um, and then same thing with the guards on the other end. But the funny thing you mentioned there, they, they called these these practices open practices to the media. Uh, they actually left the Sprint Center to go to practice. So they were there to practice, and then they got on a bus and went to have an actual practice at a high school nearby. So it's funny they call it that because you don't really see anything, and, and it kind of sums it up when you hear that they're leaving interviews to go to real practice. That's funny. What did you see out of Shayhawk? Shayhawk, was he limping and anything noticeable? I know he's going to play tomorrow. Uh, he did on Saturday, for crying out loud. Why wouldn't he play on Thursday? But what did you see? He was in good spirits, um, you know, shooting pretty well. And I think, uh, yeah, he did tell us afterwards that, that he's fine to go. That is going to be the kind of concern, I think, especially if Iowa State's able to win a game in advance, is, is how does that uh, that pinky toe hold up? Obviously, it's a sprain. It's, a, it's an injury he's dealt with now for a week and a half. And the problem Saturday was that in the final 10 minutes, it sounded like it kind of became more noticeable. It, it you know, hurt a little bit more. The trainer's did different things to try to work him through that, and he did finish the game and actually scored you know, a good chunk of his points there down the home stretch Saturday. But say Iowa State wins Thursday, how does he do on having to play back-to-back days on mm-hmm. that show? And I think that's when it becomes a question, but I think he should be fine tomorrow. Um, the question is, if they advance, how is he going to hold up? Because this is an injury that just takes time, and when you're playing minutes on back-to-back nights or back-to-back-to-back nights, right. that's when it becomes an issue. All right, Alex, uh, we found out during your availability earlier today that Cam Lard, all systems go after sitting out the regular season finale against Texas Tech. He's going to be out there. Is this more matchup dependent? If they were playing a team that hasn't been as difficult as Baylor has been for Iowa State, didn't have the big front line that the Bears do, could we see maybe another game where Cam Lard wouldn't be out there on the hardwood? I think it's possible, but I... I Promis has said it, you know, he's kind of talked around it, but I think him not playing Saturday kind of all goes back to what you saw on TV on ESPN when Iowa State's down yeah. almost 20 points and he was laughing hysterically. And I think that, that him not playing Saturday against Texas Tech was just kind of a, hey, let, let's not have that look, especially when there's all these stories about our chemistry and all that and that we're getting beat by 15 and you're laughing. Um, Promis has said that he, he said Saturday that he likes Condit's energy and um, yeah, they, they're going to need Lard in this game. But, you know, that's obviously been the big storyline in this matchup is is rebounding, and that's going to be one of the two keys tomorrow. Is Iowa State can't get out rebounded. They can't. I mean, they can get out rebounded, but they can't give up forty seven percent of offensive rebounds as they did in that home loss. And so he's going to be a big key. I think Connor's going to be a big key. We've talked about this before. Do they play two bigs? Um, but it sounds like you know Lard is good to go. Prom said he's practiced well, um, but Prom said he practiced well last Friday before that Texas Tech game, which makes me think. It was not really as much matchups as it was, hey, mm. make, a little, make a little bit of a point before the postseason. Mm-hmm. Condit did not play in the game in Ames. I'm pretty sure that was the case. So, But he, he's, he's earning his coach's trust, right? I mean, just because Lard's coming back, does that, that doesn't mean that Condit's going to be stapled to the bench. He will see some minutes. Yeah, I'd agree with you. He's played the last three games now. Um, he did not play against Baylor. That was kind of the big storyline after the game is because they, they just struggled so much on the board. They gave up boards. They gave up. Uh, 18 offensive rebounds on 38 misses, and, uh-huh. and that percentage is not going to win very many games. And uh, after the game, 
you know, in Ames, he's asking, you know, did you think about playing Condon? And it was the whole thing of, yeah, I thought about it. And I think Trent said that before coaches sometimes think about things, but <laughs> don't actually do them. But I think he'll play. And, you know, Prome said that one of the big things for them is they can't, between Condit and Laura, they can't chase all, they've got to be smart about chasing blocks because when you, when you go for a block and you miss the block, then it exposes that offensive rebound. And so there's some different things that I think play into this schematically, whether it's, you know, Prome said the guards not getting back and they need a, instead of trying to get back in transition right away, they need to crash the elbows for long rebounds. And then the, the forwards have to, you know, be careful on what they're going to try to block and what they're not. So there's, there's different things. They know what they've got to do. Um, but I think ultimately it comes down to, to probably toughness, as cliche as that sounds. You know, they're more than just Mason, too. I think Gillespie, his coming out party was against Iowa State. If memory serves in Ames, he, he went crazy both scoring and a double-double in the basketball game. Uh, Vital's a really strong rebounder. He's a tough t- kid. Uh, but it, it's Butler, the kid who's really coming on. He had 31 the other day against Kansas. He's played well against Iowa State. He's just a freshman. This Butler kid, uh, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, I think it's Butler, Mason, and uh, Gillespie that I think, I think it's those three that are shooting around all 40% from three, and that's going to be the issue because Iowa State's other issue in the last three weeks has been the three-point line, defending the mm-hmm. three-point line. And a lot of that, you know, Tyrus Halliburton said today has been, you know, either overhelping on switches or not, not knowing switches properly. Um, and those are the two keys that Prome talked about. Um, then players echoed in the locker room today was they've got to be better on the boards and they've got to defend the three. And I think it, that, that three-point line is going to be so critical because Baylor's shooting almost 40% from three, and, and that's an area where Iowa State's been hurt by them, I think, really both times. But it's, like you said, it's not just Makai Mason. I think everyone thinks, okay, Mason's this difference. And yes, he scored 24 points when Iowa State was at Waco, but he was not the reason they lost in Ames. You know, guys like Gillespie and Butler, and then obviously the offensive rebounds were big. So it's not just, you know, the Makai Mason show or anything. I think there's so many other capable guys, and uh, they're pretty dangerous beyond the arc. So if they find a way to get past Baylor, it more than likely would be Kansas State, but with a banged-up Dean Wade. You like TCU all week long, you've been saying TCU, they beat Iowa State twice, beat them handily two different times. Could you actually be rooting to see the number one seed in the semifinals as opposed to the eight seed of TCU <laughs> Horn Frogs? I was actually well, I was actually saying today, the, the crazy thing is for these four or five teams, whether it's Iowa State or Baylor, it doesn't feel like the gauntlet that being a 4-5 seed normally no. does. Yes, like absolutely. You've got to play the one seed second. It, it doesn't feel like the one seed of years past where it's like... You don't have to play Kansas. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, Most it's not, years. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not the dominant Kansas team that's the one seed that's like, man, that's going to be a tough tough game. And, and K, K-State's good, um, but like you said, no Wade. I think there's been some talk here. I haven't seen any reports that maybe Stokes, will they be careful with him? You know, huh. The thing with K-State is they've already won a Big 12 title. They're... This, whether, whatever they do here is probably not going to affect their seeding much. I think it's they'd rather be healthy next week than, than go win another title this weekend. You know, they'd like to win, but I think they'd rather keep Dean Wade healthy, which is, is why they're holding him out. So it's, it's interesting because I think this road sets up fine for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're struggling, but it's not like they can't beat either of these teams. And it, it just has a different feel this year. And I think you're right. Yeah, you'd rather play the one seed K State than you would Texas Tech because look at the Ken Palm numbers. I think Texas Tech has a 36 percent chance to win this whole thing. The second best chance is K State, but that's at 17 percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers really like Texas Tech, and, and so do the last three or four weeks. Well, I think they're going to play on Saturday. I really do. I think they can win their next two. I've been saying it since the bracket came out. It was very fortuitous the way it broke down. So I hope you packed a, enough to stay through Saturday. <laughs> 
Alex yeah, Halstead. I brought, I brought four dress shirts. That a boy. One of them, so then I can also just decide which one I like better. So <laughs> I, I packed it up. I, I, I've learned the least wrinkled. <laughs> yeah, it's you know early on some of the first years I covered it. Like you came here and they played this Thursday morning game and um, and you didn't really expect anything and then you're here Saturday night. So I've, I've learned that it can go either way. Indeed, it can. Alex, thank you. We appreciate what you do for us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, part of 24-7 Sports. I like him, Trent. I, th- I like Alex, but I mean, I like Iowa State to advance to Saturday. I really do. Mm-hmm. Can Kansas, well, no, not can they. Of course they can. Is, is Kansas just liable to remind everybody that, after all, we're Kansas and cut down the nets on Saturday night? What? And they're going to have to get by Texas Tech if they're going to get to that part. And, and I just, I can't envision that. I can't either, but we're talking about, I come full circle. Yeah, I've been look trying at to this. Tell, really? I've been trying to tell Rolls you all your long. after three months of the conversation going the other way. That's funny. Texas Tech is so much they're better. They're really good, Trent. You know that. I love this team. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, if you're an Iowa State you want your conference to be good. Wouldn't you like Chris Beard to take UCLA? No. You already got to battle Kansas. No. And you got to battle the other heavyweights in Texas and the money they spend and invest in their program and everybody else. How about we have Texas Tech going back to being crap? Isn't that better? Where you, can, mm. you know what? That's one where we can get a season sweep. Or Okay, I get that part of it. Because the Big 12 is going to be good regardless. Uh-huh. And they're going to play everybody twice every year. Yes. That is spectacular. With TCU being improved under uh-huh. Jamie Dixon. Uh-huh. Where where's the easy Oklahoma State? Those young guys Oklahoma really came State's, on. You're right about that. You're right about that. Right now, it's West Virginia and Huggins is going to have this right. team. He's no, you no, got Lon no, Kruger no. at Oklahoma. They're Lon Kruger look, is. Look at those two coaches. Look at those two big name coaches at the bottom of the conference yes. this year. That's not going to be the case every year. I get your point. But you had Texas Tech. That okay? Yep. We'll go down there. There'll be four thousand people at U.S. Airlines. Mm-hmm. Is that still the name of it? I'm not even sure. And you get a win. And now it's banged out. Yes. It banged was sold out. Banged out for Iowa State. Yes. Banged out on that uh, the Kansas game a couple of weeks ago where they blew the Jayhawks out. All right. We've got uh, to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Let's, let's do the – give me point spreads big, mm-hmm. uh, for the two games tonight, Big Ten and Big 12, as the two needle movers will get underway tonight. Um, and I love the fact that the Big Ten Network is going to start early with Nebraska and Rutgers. Rutgers has to be a favorite. Let's uh, jump into the Big Ten. All right. It is It's about a coin flip. Is it that tight, huh? Nebraska by one. Nebraska's favored. The I'll metrics love Nebraska. Why? Efficiency. Mm-hmm. And what they did earlier in the season. Well, that's a big part of it. Who do you like tonight? Do you I have gra- an opinion? I'd grab Rutgers I if, would I, too. if I had to make a play. Uh, Illinois is only a two-point favorite against Northwestern. See, I just think Northwestern is... Clearly the worst team in the conference. Yes. They've lost 11 of 12. Uh-huh. Illinois young. Illinois athletic. Illinois guard you. Um, I think Illinois win. I think I was playing Illinois tomorrow. I agree with you there. And, to- the, and the point spread's what? Uh, two. Two. Uh, go to the Big 12. That that game will come up at 8.30 or is it 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock. Uh, so let's go to the Big 12 where TCU and Oklahoma State are playing. You know, I, I was going to say I know which way you're going to go, but I also know that you have kind of gravitated to the way that this Oklahoma State team is yep. finishing the year. What's the number in the game? Four and a half. That means I'm grabbing the Cowboys. You're going to take the Cowboys at too many points? Too many. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma will be favored. 
How many? Five? Six and a half. Six and a half. This is a little more significant. I got to do a little more homework on that one. Feels a little hefty. I won't see that game, Trent, because it's the late game and they won't play Iowa State unless they get to the final. And neither one of those you two don't see that happening. is going to get to the final. But I will watch Northwestern Illinois, and I don't think I'm going to change the channel. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. I'm going to stay right there regardless of what else right. is going on. I want to watch that game and be fully prepared to talk about... Ah, it's Illinois and Iowa tomorrow, and that's fine by me. Uh, thank you for being here today. If you're missing a portion of the program, you can catch the podcast, KXNO.com. Are you doing Murph and Andy again today? I will be. I'll be in from 2 until 4 today and tomorrow. Thanks for representing the program. Trent and I are back tomorrow at 10 o'clock, every Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.